three, four weeks of every season, you got to let it play out because you just don't know where things lie and teams get in a groove. So you might as well just be patient and hold tight. Now it's time for the two-on-one, a fantasy football podcast, the official podcast of the Super Friends League. Bad boy good. boy good. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Two on One, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your commish, Tommy Moe. Alongside me is everyone's best friend, Dominic Rickard, and our host, Stephen Bautista, is taking a break this week to concentrate on some schoolwork. How have three weeks of the NFL season already come and gone? And how has so much already happened that is shaking up the fantasy football landscape? Most recently, like today, Melvin Gordon's coming back. What is going on? So let's get right to our quick hit segment to recap week three. NFL Quick Hits. Daniel Jones took the helm and led the Giants to a nail-biting victory over the Bucks throwing for 336 yards and two touchdowns, and running in two more. Even without Saquon, Danny Dimes managed to get it done. Eli who? And not to be outdone in his own debut, Kyle Allen threw for 261 yards and four touchdowns as the Panthers put the hurt on the Cardinals. Dominic, isn't it crazy that that little kid from that NFL commercial who wanted to take Cam Newton's job finally grew up and has everyone questioning if Cam's time (laughs) in Carolina is done? That kid was Uh, good. He's coming for it. That's funny. I forgot about that. (laughs) Mike Evans goes ham in the first half of the game against the Giants, scoring three touchdowns and finishing with 190 yards off a season-high 15 targets. It was a mismatch all day for Evans against Janoris Jenkins, and I guess karma can bite when you talk bad about your defensive line. And Cooper Cup had a day of his own, with 11 catches off of 12 targets for 102 yards and two touchdowns. His second straight game with over 100 receiving yards. It looks like Cup is back to his old form. Now to injury news. The biggest news from Sunday is Saquon's high ankle sprain. He got an MRI this week, but is seeking a second opinion. No official word yet on how long he'll be out, so we'll continue to monitor it. Chris Godwin is dealing with a new hip injury that kind of came out of nowhere and did not practice on Wednesday. We didn't even know he was hurt, so maybe this might explain his low numbers from Sunday, but he hasn't been ruled out yet. T.Y. Hilton has a quad injury and also did not practice on Wednesday, and it's still up in the air if he'll play on Sunday, so it may be a Paris Campbell week. Josh Gordon suffered a back and finger injury, and Julian Edelman is dealing with a chest injury. Neither have been ruled out for Sunday, but if so, it might be time to fire up Philip Dorsett, and it might be also a James White day. And Mr. Three Touchdown Night, Taylor Gabriel for the Bears, suffered a concussion in the game and is still out for this week. Dominic, with how bad Cam has been playing and the success of Kyle Allen had last week, is it time for the Panthers to consider cutting Cam for only a $2 million cap hit by next June? Or is he even worth trying to trade? Man, that's a good question. Um... I definitely haven't been a believer in Cam since his MVP season. It just it just doesn't look right. I don't know if it's injuries or if it's just the coaching staff. It, he doesn't. He seems more reluctant to run the ball. Wants to be more of a pocket passer. I think you keep him on your team for sure to this year because you can't go off a backup winning you one game. I mean, 
he did a better job of game managing than than Cam usually does with a couple of turnovers, but and just let that defense ball. But I, I would definitely take inquiries on trades. I mean, I know Jacksonville is happy with Gardner, but I'm sure they would take another quarterback. Um, and and you never know, someone else is going to go down pretty quick. I would keep him on my 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 team this year, and then probably try to get some trade value out of him, if not cut bait at the end of the year. And it's definitely like a knee-jerk reaction, right? It's been one game. Quarterbacks in their debut game typically do really good because other defenses haven't schemed against him yet, haven't seen him on tape, you know, and know how to beat that guy, you know. So definitely, you know, kind of reaching with that question a little bit. But it does, you know, I think kind of lead you to believe, like, you know, with the success of someone else and Cam having such a tough time and not coming back, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not saying they stick with Kyle, but do they, you know, start thinking about maybe someone else? I think the Panthers are about at that crossing point where I think Ron Rivera, if they don't make the playoffs and win a playoff game this year, I think he's on the chopping block. And I think maybe they clean house, get rid of Ron and get rid of Cam and kind of go in a new direction, probably hire, you know, a young coach. I know it's week three and it's his first year as an offensive coordinator, but, you know, Sean McVay changed the whole landscape. So they're probably going to, Kellen Moore for the Dallas Cowboys is probably going to be a hot name next year as a, mm-hmm. as a rising head coach, for example. And so I think the Panthers are at that crossroads, but winning's the best deodorant in the NFL. So if they win a couple games and, you know, their defense comes back, that division's wide open with Drew Brees going down and the Falcons looking like dog poop. So, yeah, anything can happen, man. So what do you got for your quick hits this week? So my quick hits, kind of kind of a thing that just stood out for me watching the games the last three weeks, especially this last weekend, is there's been 102 drop passes throughout the first three weeks of the NFL. I added them all up. Um, and then they got guys on there like Keenan Allen and DeAndre Hopkins leading you know, with two or three drops each, which is super surprising for me. So my, my question is, it kind of goes back to what we've, we've talked about in the past pods. Do you think it's the lack of preseason reps? Uh, you think guys are just lack of focus at the beginning of the year? It's just an anomaly? Or w- what do you think is causing that? It might be lack of preseason reps. I mean, it's definitely different uh, even in practice versus game, you know, game speed, uh, wh- where you have guys running full speed at you to hit you and, and separate those those balls. But I think a lot of it also just comes down to it's still early in the season and and guys are still just trying to get into game shape. But yeah, to be honest, I mean, I, I, that stat actually surprises me because uh, personally, I haven't seen um, it doesn't seem like there's been an exceptional amount of drops. But when you hear that number after only three weeks, it definitely seems alarming. So I have two two quick follow up questions for you. I think you're going to get the first one right. And the second one's a tough one. So if you get that one right, lots of credit. Who do you know who's leading the league in drops? Oh, gosh, if this was like a year or two ago, I'd say Amari Cooper, but uh, I don't think I can say that anymore this year. I just give it one more thought. It's I think it's kind of obvious and he's been kind of, you know, on the radar. I'll give you some hints. He's been on the radar as of late, but he wasn't fantasy relevant the last two years. Fuck. (laughs) All right. I'll just say John 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 Ross. Ross. Yep. Is leading the league in drops. Four drops. Okay, so my second question, and this is I guess that's not too bad with four, though. I mean, it makes it seem like I thought it was going to be worse, but if it's only four drops. That's a lot of drops in the NFL, bro. That's like, oh. That's true. DeAndre Hopkins had, like, not even that many the whole year last year. And isn't he still, like, the eighth best, like, ranked receiver right now because of the first two weeks? Yep, definitely. But, all right, so here's the last one, and then we'll move on. Uh, 
Can there's three teams that don't have a drop? Can you guess which one of the three teams that don't have a drop? Uh, I almost want to say the Minnesota Vikings because they haven't been throwing the ball that much. <laughs> I like that guess, but no, it's not one of them. No, I was hoping you would say our boys, the Raiders. The Raiders don't have any drops. Hey, there we I, go. I, I find that surprising. Like I feel like you know, especially the last two games, we've we've kind of sucked a little bit. So I feel like there had been a drop. So well, it's kind of like the Vikings; they they're not passing the ball that much either. So yeah. it's hard to have drops were, when you're not pushing the ball downfield. The other two were the Jets and the Falcons. Okay, I'm not surprised about the Falcons, but the Jets surprised me as well, just because I don't know the team's not like that amazing. And yeah, Jameson Crowder had a nice start, but yeah, I guess you know some teams are managing at least to do something right. You know, even though they're not getting wins, they're not dropping the ball at least. Yeah, for sure. All right, Dominic, let's get right on to fantasy football talk. And on this week's uh, Fantasy Football Talk, we're going to bring a guest on, a returning guest to the show, Frank B. from the Purple Rain Show and the FantasyFootballWire.com. Frank, what's going on? Welcome to the two-on-one. Thanks for having me back on, man. Appreciate it. It's always fun getting on with you guys. So looking forward to talking some fantasy football today. Yeah, and thanks for staying up late with us, uh, being all over in, uh, was it Wisconsin, right? Wisconsin flyover country. (laughs) So uh, first thing I wanted to talk to you about, you know, being the host of the purple rain show of Ravens focused uh, football podcast. Uh, How about them Ravens this year? Huh? Yeah, I'm really excited because it's the beginning of a new offense and we keep saying they're building Oklahoma East. They've Mm -hmm. got Baker Mayfield's right tackle. They've got his top pass catcher his top tight end, uh, but the offense they're building, I mean, you can see the vision kind of coming to life. So it's pretty exciting as a fan just to see we're finally off of captain check down Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. And actually like a Madden like offense to start the season was nice against Miami, albeit, but it's cool to see, you know? Yeah. It's cool to see them hit. Yeah. And like you said, it, the, the, you know, the competition hasn't been amazing, but it's good to see the offense clicking this early, uh, even how well they did, you know, relatively well against the chiefs I actually thought like they had a really good shot at that game, Yeah, but the being more dynamic, you know, really being way more of a dynamic offense. And I think the Ravens have always, or at least lately been known as that run heavy offense. Uh, but to see them spread it out, to see uh, Lamar do his thing has been really nice. Absolutely. Yep. I had a quick question for you. I, I I think like everybody, we expected Lamar to take a step forward this year. Are you more impressed with his progression or Mark Andrews progression for the first three weeks from where he was last year? I think he finished with like a hundred fantasy points and he's already got 53 this year. So yeah, I think for Andrews, I'm pretty, I, it, I shouldn't say it's like kind of what you expected. I mean, he's a tight end. He's athletic. He makes a lot of good plays. Um, but overall, I think visually I'm more impressed with Lamar Jackson with what he did compared to what I watched him do last season and go into the off season. Like, man, if he doesn't get accurate, if he doesn't do this or if he doesn't do that. And it's like, he quietly put in the work and just the first three games. I mean, I know Kansas city, that's a tough task going out there in like a rematch kind of game last year. It was really close, uh, but he hung in there and I thought he's got more touch on the ball. It looks to me that he's going through his progressions a hell of a lot more than he did last season. It was maybe one or two and then he tuck it and run. It looks like he's got some more patience in the pocket and he's more confident in getting the ball. There's more zip to those sideline passes. So I think he's put it in. He said all the right things and he's done all the right things. And you got to love that 
from a player that can, you know, be humble and just say, yeah, I, I got to get better. I'm going to do this. And real transparent in interviews, which is really cool. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's always nice when they're rookies and they do that. And you're like, all right, well, he ain't going to be talking like that in a year, two years. <laughs> you know, it's going to be wrapped up, you know, the lame responses. But he's still the same guy, it seems like, interview wise and what you get out of him. So I, I really like that about him the most. And I love that he's embracing like the hate, you know, what do you say? Like uh, first week, you know, like not, not bad for running back. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He has fun with it. You know, that's, that's what we all like to see out of athletes and not get, you know, shitty with people and, (laughs) and the diva stuff, you know? Yeah. I'm liking Lamar. Um, and, and what Marquise Brown has been doing already. Um, I, you know, I think there's a few of us that were worried about how he would return from that less Frank injury to his foot, but it looks like he's, 100% 100% and running running as hard as ever. Yeah, I was pretty shocked because week four of the preseason, I sat and watched it with my brother, and he's dropping the kick return or the punt, you know, and I'm like, man, he hasn't even barely played. This is not good. The Liz Frank, like you said, it's like, man, what are they going to do? But he's, he's looked on the mic. As long as he can separate, that's key. He's going to develop his route running, you know, as the season progresses, and I think he'll kind of get dialed in second, third quarter of the season. But just to start, it's like you can't ask for more other than just get open. You know, in the scramble plays, he can break away. He can find some space. It seems like he's he's improving the route running when they slow it down and they show you the replays and you look at tape and whatnot. So I think he'll come along. But, yeah, it's, I'm pretty impressed by him, too, for, for coming where he's at this fast out of the gate. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and to wrap up the Ravens love, uh, you know, they talk a lot about the three-headed running three-headed monster running attack in Chicago, but I really like the Ravens' two running backs. Obviously, Mark Ingram's having a great beginning of the year. I think he fits perfect in that offense, but you still got Gus Bus back there, and he's a nice yep. change of pace back. Yeah, Gus Edwards is kind to me. He reminds me of uh, James Starks on the Packers when they won the Super mm-hmm. Bowl, mm-hmm. kind of that like 1920s crazy legs running style. <laughs> you know, he's like zipping. It's just kind of it's odd, you know, like that's what Gus Edwards reminds me of. But I think uh, even Justice Hill behind him yeah, is yeah. going to get his time to shine. It's got, man, he's he's a stud and he lit it up in the preseason. Just he separated himself in my eyes. And I think he's going to get an opportunity at some point to kind of take that number two here. I, I guess for fantasy purposes, I'm a little worried that, you know, he won't be fully fantasy relevant until next year. Right. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Well, from that and speaking of uh, some guys that are, are going to be fantasy relevant, uh, why don't we get into our fantasy studs from week three? Hey, stud. So, Dominic, uh, who do you have? So my stud from week three, I mean, perfect segment was Mark Ingram, uh, 16 rushes, 103 yards, three rushing TDs. And I also liked that he added uh, four receptions for 32 yards. So in our league, that was 35 fantasy points. I think one of the higher outputs of a running back besides that Christian McCaffrey week. Uh, who do you got, Tommy? Well, how about we kick it to Frank B. I want to hear okay, his, uh, right. his Sorry, take on this right. <laughs> Yeah, week three. Uh, I know this is going to be an odd one, but Taylor Gabriel? Hey. Like, <laughs> hash, hashtag, I kept hashtagging because fantasy. Because every time the stats and the evidence and the eye test tell you to go one way somebody goes the other way and taylor gabriel was like three tds i mean i'm getting my phone lit up on alerts of this guy i'm like what the hell where did this come from i have him in i think the scott fishbowl i didn't start him of course not right what the hell is he gonna do who started Um, him and then he goes off yeah (laughs) yeah so he he was the the stud of the week three in my eyes 
Well, and how, how much love uh, uh, Allen Robinson got early on, and then uh, yeah, and Anthony Miller in the off season. A lot of people were high on Anthony Miller coming into the season, but so far, you know, I, and I don't know if it, is it a Matt Nagy thing. You know, is getting too cute with what he's doing in the play calling and trying to spread around almost too much from a fantasy purpose, at least. But it's working kind of for the offense. Yeah, I. It's hard to say. I think well, going back besides Taylor Gabriel, Cooper Cups, you're obvious. Yeah, week three stud, especially with twelve targets, eleven receptions. Oh my god. Yeah, and so for who, uh, you know, I got another receiver for this week. I have Keenan Allen, um, big big week last week, and he's leading yeah. the NFL in targets with forty two targets, nine ahead of the next guy, uh, who happens to be Michael Thomas. So so last week he had seventeen targets. 13 receptions for 183 yards and two touchdowns clearly showing that he's the number one receiver uh, in, in uh, for the chargers and, and making all us Mike Williams truthers uh, hate our life right now. Oh yeah. And he can pad those stats this, this week with Miami too. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so let's go on the flip side. Uh, and once you start off, start us off Frank with uh, fantasy duds from week three, <laughs> you got the dud. A dud. I'm going to go. I'm going to, kind of curveball it here my dud is like green bay's running game with mm-hmm. aaron jones and jamal williams um matt lafleur comes out and says he wants jamal williams more involved in the offense and it's like record scratch what are you yep. what are you talking about i thought we, we were past we all just, this <laughs> yeah we didn't we release aaron jones we we were freeing him last year and now we released him, right? And now that's wrong? Wait a second. But to split carries to those guys, I thought that was like a big dud. I think Aaron Jones was banged up with a shoulder maybe. That had a part to play. But overall, I thought that was a big dud to split that up on those guys. I don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah, and if he didn't get those day. two if he didn't get those two touchdowns, um, you know, his day yeah. was way worse because he only had 10 attempts. So very yeah. low. 10 attempts for 19 yards, actually, I'm looking at right now. That's... Yeah, I don't know. I, I was a, a big Aaron Jones fan. Uh, loved Aaron Jones. Hashtag free Aaron Jones. Uh, yep. Don't know what's going on. I, I, yeah, like I said, I thought we were we were past all of this from last year. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to run. Doesn't want to run the ball still. <laughs> <laughs> Dom, who do you got for duds? So yeah, it's uh, I got another running back from a split backfield. My dud this last week was Todd Gurley. Fourteen rushes for forty-three yards. And this is what killed me. One target, no reception. Everyone uh, knows he's, he's a killer in the screen game and out of the backfield. And just I, I get that they're they're limiting his touches. They want to pace him through the season. But he's got to have more efficient touches, and he's got to get 20, 25 of them. And I think they said they were trying to next week. But he's just too good of a player still, and I think his knee's healthy enough to go not to, to be on my dud list. And then another one I got was Kenny Galladay. After a huge week last week, he had eight targets, only two catches for 17 yards, three fantasy points in our league. Insane. Yeah, big dud there. Big dud. You know, and the whole Todd Gurley thing, I mean, it's not like Malcolm Brown is really like killing it, you know, uh, and, and it's just Todd that's suffering. Like that backfield isn't really doing well either. And they're obviously throwing the ball a lot more. But like I, I just if I was a Todd Gurley owner this year, I wouldn't really know what to do. And so, Dom, how do you feel about it? Because you own him in our uh, home league. I feel like I'm definitely going to owe Steve that steak dinner that we made a bet on. Where <laughs> Dalvin Cook would finish lower than Todd Gurley. I look really dumb for saying that after the first three weeks. But I'm going to hold <laughs> on to hope. I think Todd Gurley, you know, in the passing game, picks it up and 
he still outscores Dalvin Cook by the end of the year because of injury. I hope so. Um, either way, I'm getting my butter cake when you guys get, get that <laughs> bet. So um, my, my dud for this week, uh, this one hits really close to home, uh, was Josh Jacobs. Uh, only four fantasy points this week, coming from 10 attempts for 44 yards and zero touchdowns. Uh, most surprising to me is the zero receptions that he got. You know, we all saw coming out of Alabama that he can catch the ball. And I don't know what John Gruden's doing with not calling up plays for him. I mean, JJ was dealing with an illness and a growing injury during the week. So that may have contributed to the low production. Um, but I guess on the bright side, Gruden did say that they need him to get more involved in the passing game. So we'll see if that really happens. Yeah. How did you feel about him going into that Minnesota game, though? Not did great. You, did you, not exciting, <laughs> but like were you kind of lukewarm on that whole game for him yeah and and you know i knew it was gonna be a tough one uh minnesota's rush defense is really good so i knew it was gonna be you know an uphill battle but i didn't think it would get out of hand that fast and that minnesota would get up as quickly as they did and then you know they would just have to play catch up which unfortunately with this uh, raiders offense um and and really starting to question Derek carr you know when they get behind when things are not going really well or or even just borderline not perfect um it kind of shuts down, you know, the offense doesn't really function that well. So um, that doesn't really bode well for them going forward because they're going to be in the situation a lot and they're going to have to throw the ball. And so the, the fact that they didn't um, or do it effectively enough was, yeah, it just looked really bad. But again, I think Minnesota's defense is a little bit better than people are realizing. Yeah. Especially at home, but yeah, you're right. Not getting them the ball out of the backfield is pretty concerning. And I think the other thing for me is, is seeing chubby Gruden on the sideline. I, I can't get used to that. I just can't get used to it. I've yeah. seen Gruden since he was Brett Favre's quarterback coach. He's always been the little tiny guy. Always. And now he's he's like chubbing out, you know. I yeah. see him with a little beer belly going. I don't know. I'm not and used his, to seeing Gruden his sons like are in that. super shape too. You know, Deuce is a uh is a, like a world class uh weightlifter and I think yeah. I, I think uh yeah he's just like his feelings or something. That's what- that's what a hundred million will do, man. It'll get, put a little oh, weight yeah. on it. <laughs> Coaching's a rough gig. Yeah, and like you know, Matt Patricia is like another guy too. I just thought, like, man, this guy is blown up this year. And so, what's going on with head coaches? They're just all stressed out or something. Stressy. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of weight. A lot yep. of weight on your shoulders to carry, you know. <laughs> and then a lot of weight in your gut too. So. Yep. <clears throat> all right. So before we move on to starts and sits of the week, um, let's take a quick break from our sponsor. All right, guys, so let's move on to week four. Let's drop some free nuggets on our listeners, and let's go to some starts and sits for week four. Dom, who do you got for start? Uh, I need a really safe start this week, so I'm going with a guy that we already talked about, Keenan Allen. He's going to eat all day against the Dolphins. They're... By far the worst team I've ever seen in the NFL. And it, it brings up the – I hate to bring up this argument, but I really think Alabama might be able to beat the Dolphins this year. And I I, I always argue on the opposite side of that because no way a professional team would ever – but it just looks like the – and they probably wouldn't, but the Dolphins look like they've given up. So, anyways, yeah. that's my, that's my uh, for sure start of the week. Free nuggets. All right, Frank, who do you got? I'm going to lock in Aaron Rodgers. For Thursday night football, I know everybody's been kind of sliding him, but uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers for the first time this season, and I feel like I can definitely start him as a one in all leagues this week. It's kind of weird to to say 
<laughs> you ever put him backwards, yeah. but through the first three games in 19, it's like, okay, he's got the bears, the Vikings Broncos. Now, whether it's tough opponents or just dealing with, you know, the new Matt LaFleur offense, he struggled 18 fantasy points or less in each outing. He didn't look sharp at all. Uh, but I think Thursday is the breakout game. I think it's coming against the Eagles. The Eagles are banged up on defense. They've allowed big performances to Case Keenum, Matt Ryan, right? Mm-hmm. So come on, Rodgers, yep. he's got it. He's on primetime TV at home. Um, I think he's got a big game due Thursday night. I think Devontae Adams will be a big part of that as well. So for me, I'm going to start him across the board and recommend him in, you know, out there in the Twitterverse as well to, to have him out there. He's going to reward us this week. Free nuggets. I love that one, Frank. Yeah. And and I think, uh, you know, even because they've been winning, you know, they're, they're three and oh right now. Uh, people haven't really been noticing or freaking out that much on Aaron Jones. I mean, obviously people that that roster him, you know, are, are seeing it. Um, but, you know, and, and just the fandom community, um, you know, no one's really freaking out. And But I think for fantasy owners, uh, it's one of those weeks where we could we would love to hear from Aaron Rodgers, you know, just say our e-l-a-x yes we're here yeah and he's gonna do it so i like it i think that's a great great matchup this week all right so my my start of the week uh goes right in line with dominic's and that's austin eckler free nuggets you know and so this may be the last week you get to use them at that same capacity we've come accustomed to so far in 2019 and they're playing the dolphins so which you know like every week so far this season that's the defense you want to start to play against and so if you see the see the Miami right there, it's probably green. Go ahead and light up anyone that's playing against them, just like we said for the Cowboys last week. So how about for uh, for DFS? Uh, Frank, do you have a DFS start of the week? Someone that's uh, in a really great matchup that you might want to plug in? Uh, I think it's the F1, Terry McLaurin against mm-hmm. the Giants. I mean, for consistency and ceiling for this guy, he's already got... 16 catches for 257 yards, three touchdowns, 24 targets. Um, he's been on fire, man, at least 17 points, you know, for the fantasy landscape. For But for DFS, I think he can light it up. Free nuggets. Yeah, I love the F1. Uh, and, I, and I love that we've, in the fantasy football Twitter community, have kind of settled on that uh, nickname for him instead of Scary yeah. Terry. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's like he's still, I mean, for the most part, you can say he's pretty much discovered by the community, right? That most people are locking him in, they're trading for him, they're acquiring him. But I think depending for DFS, I mean, maybe the value, I haven't looked at the value, but maybe it's still maybe not where it should be just yet. So if you've got it, the lineup, throw him in there. Yeah. All right, so so my DFS star of the week uh, is actually Tyrell Williams. Free Nuggets. Uh, for the Raiders going up against Indianapolis Colts. Now, uh, one re- one big reason I have him as a DFS star is because it's a contrarian pick, and not a lot of people are going to start him this week. So you have a lot of opportunity uh, to to do something different than what all your opponents are doing. Um, and number two, the Colts have a ton of injuries that they're dealing with. Most notably, uh, Darius Leonard is dealing with a concussion. Uh, one of their cornerbacks, Pierre Desir, is out. And safety Malik Hooker is also out for this week. So it's a good opportunity for the Raiders to bounce back and get a win on the road. And at $5,700 salary on DraftKings, Tyrell is definitely a good candidate to outperform his salary and will allow you to get those higher value guys in your lineup that are going to score a lot of points like Austin Eckler or Keenan Allen. So on the flip side of that, uh, let's go to sits of the week. Guys that are just not in a great matchup 
and you may want to consider putting them on the bench. So Dominic, who do you have? Sit down. Sit down. Be Sit down. Yeah, mine uh, kind of goes in line with Frank's. Uh, mine's not a popular opinion because they've been doing really good and not everybody has defense, but I'm saying sit the Packers D tomorrow night. Free nuggets. And the reason is I'm, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a big game, like Frank said, but I also think that the Eagles are desperate because the Cowboys are 3-0. and It's a must-win game for them, and so I think it's going to turn into a shootout. And so that 17-point performance the Packers have been averaging, I think – you know, it's, it slips down to a seven, six pointer and you might be able to stream a better defense. So my sit of the week is the Packers D. Nice. Who do you got, Frank? Uh, I'm going to go on the wide receiver end of things and I'm going to sit a pretty popular guy right now in DJ shark facing the Broncos in Denver. Free nuggets. Ooh. He's been awesome through three great three games. He's got at least 17 points in each outing touchdown. We got the Gardner Minshew factor. Um, but I, think he's going to struggle in Denver, the altitude and all that fun stuff, I guess. But also, the Broncos already held Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams in check over the past two games, and they each scored fewer than nine points. So I think he's in for a long day in coverage. They're going to focus on him. I think the Jags are a little hard to game plan for, I guess, as far as the defense. You know, Are you going to take away Minshew? Or are you going to take away a receiver, Leonard Fournette? Um, but he seems to be the hot hand in Jacksonville. So I think the focus goes to him and mm-hmm. I could see them trying to take him out of the game. Maybe he's like a, a number three receiver, you know, in like a three receiver league maybe, but he would be a sit for me if you're in just like a standard kind of format league. Well, especially uh, a person that was really hot off the waiver wire in the last couple of weeks yeah. uh, that people wanted to pick up, you know, you might want to still be rolling with that, that Minshew and, um, you know, and, and, and the number of the receivers at Jacksonville. But yeah, I think uh, that's a good point this week about maybe giving them a little sit down on the bench. That sounds good to me too. Cause I just traded him away for Rashad Penny. So <laughs> I, feel, I feel good that you don't want to play him this week. Yeah. I think it's like Chris Harris, you know, he'll get, he'll follow him all over the field most likely. Uh, so my my sit of the week, um, and it's going to start becoming people that play against Chicago. Uh, so we have Minnesota going against Chicago. So I am not feeling confident about Adam Thielen. Free nuggets. And and I think overall, a lot of us aren't feeling confident about the passing game in Minnesota right now because they do seem pretty set on giving Dalvin Cook the rock and just letting him run because it's working and they're being successful. So you know you might get a sneaky TD uh, from Adam. But, you know, anyone, really anyone going against the Bears at this point worries me. And and already Adam's fantasy value has been more limited this year than previous years. Um, so, again, it's a hard guy to sit because you might have, you know, drafted him kind of early uh, and might be a number one receiver on your team. Um, but you may also want to consider not starting him against Chicago. All right, so let's move into to ads and, and trade targets. You know, uh, like we mentioned on last week's podcast, uh, these are guys that are still available after waivers have run on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, and so, Frank, uh, who do you have as, as a good ad at this point that might be for really cheap or for free? Add me, add me. Would you like to add me as a yeah, I think I got maybe two receivers, I guess, that stand out to me. I mean, the waivers got hit pretty hard, I'm sure, with everybody going after. It's a pretty big list for uh, week three, but I think Randall Cobb might get overlooked in Dallas. He did have a stinker last week, 
And it was kind of like, if you got, I don't think a lot of people grabbed him, but you mm-hmm. look at his stat line and you're like, well, he ain't doing anything, even if Gallup's out, but he's still there. And I still think he could come around possibly Mohamed Sanu in Atlanta. Um, I think he'd be a decent waiver just go after in a pinch because he's, he put up 13 against the Colts. Um, he's still in the mix offensively as, you know, in the slot, they can play him outside. He, he's a pretty consistent guy. And on a lot of the waiver wire, you know, he's still there in a lot of leagues I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm still surprised. But yeah, I'd say those two would be guys that kind of pique my interest. Free nuggets. Yeah, Cobb's still available in 75% of Yahoo leagues, and Mohamed Sanu still available in 72% of Yahoo leagues. So yeah, yeah, definitely guys that are still out there that can still produce. Mm-hmm. Dom, who do you have for uh, for ads? Yeah, my ad's a, a deep one, maybe a dynasty, or if you're really desperate at the tight end position. Uh, I have Jordan Atkins for the Houston Texans. Oh yeah, he they they're running tight end by committee for sure. But he he showed a flash last game. He had uh, three catches for seventy three yards and he got two touchdowns. I think it's an anomaly, but on someone that flashes like that and you have a deep bench, it's it's worth taking a flyer maybe and maybe it turns into more consistency because Deshaun Watson starts trusting him a little bit more. So that's that's my deep guy. What about you, Tommy? Free nuggets. Well, I picked him up in one of my uh, one of my dynasty leagues, um, and I think it was in a situation where I lost a tight end. And yeah, you know, in redraft, if if you lost someone like Njoku or someone like Hunter Henry, um, or or even if you know you, you just have like OJ Howard and and Vance McDonald who who just recently uh, uh, hit the injury report, um, yeah, I think that you know, switching a deeper league like twelve or fourteen team league, you might want to take a look at Akins. I think that's a great ad. Uh, my ad for this week is is Cole Beasley. Free nuggets. Um, he's available in eighty nine yeah. percent of Yahoo leagues, and so far he's averaged a quiet eleven PPR points this season, and is getting an increase in targets opposite John Brown. And you know, I think a lot of people um, have definitely rostered Cole Beasley before, but going into the season, we're a little bit unsure of what his fantasy uh, viability was going to be. And so far, it's not great, you know, and, and he has a real tough matchup this week against New England. So it may not be someone you might want to add this week, but definitely keep a, a watch on to see how he plays uh, this Sunday. So does any, uh, any, anyone have any trade targets, uh, guys, that we really want to go after? Um, you know, maybe had a little bit slow start to, to the season so far, but, you know, someone you want to might want to target um, from an owner that may be a little bit desperate right now. Want to trade? Nah. Why not? I like mine better. Frank, uh, I was going to say we we're talking about tight ends and that tight end position is so thin. And if, like you said, if some injuries, if you had Njoku and you're in a pinch, now you're really hurting if if you don't have any depth behind them. Uh, Chris Hurden coming back for the Jets off suspension seems to be a forgotten oh, sh- guy. Free nuggets. And if if somebody, <laughs> yeah, if somebody, it's too late now. If somebody out there has got him or stashing him or maybe is on the fence and they have them. I think you could swing a nice deal for them. Maybe they don't know what they got. Yeah. And you can do like a two for one or dump, you know, somebody off of yours and, and snatch them up because it's a risk reward kind of play. But if you're in a pinch, you got to get a tight end on your roster. You got to get something better than a two, three point average per week. (laughs) He could be a guy when he comes back, it seems like it might sync up with uh Sam Darnold coming back too. So right. if that's the case, best case scenario, worst case scenario, he's an underneath target. I heard him flash really, really nice last year at the end of the year too. I think he's going to be great. 
Yes. We'll see. It's worth it. Yeah. So the guy I have um, as, as a target, um, you know, and they haven't been doing that well. And I think that's why you can maybe go after him for, for relatively cheap. And that's Jarvis Landry. And, and so I know Baker, the Browns have been struggling. Uh, but one thing I noticed from last week's game is that they're trying to get the ball to juice a ton. And, and he's averaging just under nine targets a game. Uh, which is pretty standard for Juice, but we all were worried that it was going to drop with o- Odell coming there. And so his value may be low enough right now because of the lack of production that you can try to buy him for cheap. And and if those targets continue, you know, I think it'll turn around soon, especially as their their schedule eases up a little bit and the offense starts to click a little bit more. Um, you know, so w- with those targets, with those amount of targets every single game, I think it's just a matter of time for Juice. Free nuggets. Yeah, so I have, uh, I guess, more guys that I would, you know, buy low on and sell high on. And my two guys are Chris Carson. I think you can get him for real cheap right now. I think a lot of people are worried about his fumbles. I think they're worried about Penny coming up behind him. But Pete Carroll said uh, those were two of the, you know, best defensive plays he's seen all year. Those that poke out fumble, especially the last one. And they're going to feed him the rock. And I think he's going to have a great game against Arizona and then continue to be the lead back 70-30. And then the guy I have, uh, you know, to sell on right now would be, uh, or I guess to buy on would be David Johnson. They play this week. I think it's going to be an interesting matchup between both of those guys. So I would try to make a trade for for definitely Chris Carson. I've seen a lot of David Johnson trade questions on Twitter lately. Yeah, and and I think I like. Do you think people are just scared, you know, and and are worried he's going to have the same type of year as last year, or that his value is at the right place that they can get something good for him? Yeah, I, I think they're worried think on the wrist. Right. Yep, that's what that's what scared me when I watched. As he yeah, have him in one league, he almost looked like he did the same injury to his wrist, yeah. and but he was fine. Well, if he's healthy, the guy the guy's you know phenomenal, and I think you know there's a lot of potential with uh with this arizona offense um so yeah i guess if i could get him for cheap i definitely would i mean not you know not super cheap obviously but if you can get him for a good price and it's well worth it um yeah i might i I might be willing to take a chance on him i do have one more free nugget uh we didn't mention it yet in the show but it is the first week of buys the new york jets and the san francisco 49ers are going to be on a buy this week so the kittle owners and the Le'Veon bell owners just just be aware of that yeah, and so speaking of more free nuggets, uh, you know we've already dropped a couple uh, with with you know all our starts and sits for this week. But but Frank, you know before you take off, um, do you have any any good free nuggets to leave to our listeners? Yeah, I think uh, free nuggets would be just the overall strategy of your fantasy play right now. I'm getting inundated with window shoppers, and when I say that, I mean you can't window shop players if you've got a decent roster. And it you've won, you're successful. You're maybe you're three and oh, maybe you're two and one, and you have a recency bias or a highlight, you know, hits your eyeballs or something catches your ear of a player that is not gonna make anybody, you know, he's not gonna take the role of anybody that's on your team currently. Don't go after the guy. Don't feel that you have to go out for like Taylor Gabriel, prime yeah. example. Should I get him? No, don't get him. You know what this guy is all about, right? Is he better than anybody on your roster? If your answer is a no or a three-second hesitation, move along, right? That's my only fantasy (laughs) because you can self-sabotage yourself 
and just wreck your team, right? Don't go. You could start chasing guys in their their breakout game, and they'll never come back to that. Stick with your consistency. Keep rolling until you really take a, a dive or, you know what I mean, or something yeah. happens and you, you got to start blowing stuff up. But just stay consistent. Take your wins. Look at your roster. Look ahead. Look at your opponent. I think that would be my best free nugget advice this week. Free nuggets. There's definitely be guys that that went off, you know, the first couple of weeks that we're not going to be talking about at all. Yeah, they'll, dis- they'll disappear. You'll never see them again. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Be patient and l- kind of look ahead for uh, the first three, four weeks of every season is just you got to let it play out because you just don't know where things lie and what teams get in a groove. So you might as well just be patient and hold tight. Let it let it play out. And like I said, if you take a, a back to back loss at like week five and six, then I'm going to get real serious about flipping players. Yeah. But for now, yeah, you know, just see if somebody, if you if you got opportunity for trades like we were talking about earlier, do it. Um, if you can come out ahead, do it. But yeah, there's no reason to go extreme this early. I like it. Well, Frank, it's always, always a pleasure to talk to you, to interact with you on Twitter uh, and just, you know, trade advice and and, oh, yeah. uh, and talk fantasy. So, you know, appreciate you coming on the show again. Um, definitely would love to have you on again another time because it's always a great time talking to you. But, you know, before you take off, uh, can you let the listeners know where they can find your work, where they can find you on Twitter? Yeah, on Twitter at Fantasy Wire HQ, and then online, thefantasyfootballwire.com. And on there, I've got links pretty much to damn near everything you need, uh, starts and sits, rankings, all of our podcasts, including yours, um, player comparison tools. Everything is all in there. You can check it all out anytime. And then, as always, on Twitter, just hit us up, and we love conversating on there. So, Right on. All right, thanks, Frank. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, good luck with uh, with the Purple Rain show and the rest of your season. Sounds good. Take care. Be good. All right, thanks, Frank. You. That was a lot of fun, man. All right, that was great talking to Frank B. As always, uh, make sure you know you go out there if you're a fan of uh, the Ravens. Check out the Purple Rain show and uh, go out there and sub and rate and review the podcast. So let's uh, with that. Let's move right into Super Friends League talk. The Super Friends League. All right, so this is the earliest that we have no undefeated teams in the Super Friends League. So we got six teams at two and one, three teams bringing it up with one and two, and one team with zero wins so far at 0 and 3. So let's go right into the pick em this week, Dominic. So the first one up, let's, uh, let's talk about the Godfather versus Armed Rogery. Who you got on this one, Dom? Uh, it's got, it's a tough. Tough projection. It's 132 to 133. Fosberg's got Tom Brady and Josh Gordon, and Jess got Carson Wentz tomorrow night and Joe Mixon against Pittsburgh on Monday night. I'm going to go with Jeff on this one because I told you I think it's going to be a shootout in that Eagles game. So I'm going to pick Jeff in a close one. Who do you got? Yeah. Uh, one. The wild card player, or like you know, one player that's going to do really good on Jeff's team, I think, is uh, Evan Ingram, and then uh, Keenan Allen as well. You know, we talked about him. You had him as uh, the start of the week this week, and and even though uh, Arm Rodri has Alvin Kamara, uh, Derek Henry, um, you know, and Tom Brady having a really good season so far, uh, he's got a really tough matchup against Buffalo uh, this week. Tom Brady does so. So yeah, I'm going to go with the Godfather as well. I think he's going to end up pulling it off. All so, right, next up we got 
The Expendables, Art versus Stand Up Colin, Aaron Rapoli. Who do you got in this one, Tommy? I have Stand Up Colin in this one, um, partly because Expendables still wants to try to roll with OJ Howard at his tight end position, thinking he will do okay when I don't think he will, and is starting Adam Thielen, who I have as my sit of the week, as you heard earlier. So I'm going to go with Stand Up Colin. Uh, great matchups with Amari um, Cooper, Marlon Mack, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And, and the only weak link I see on his, his roster right now is James Conner. And that's crazy to say because James was amazing last year and not doing so hot this year. So who do you got, Dom? I agree with you. I got a stand-up Collins, and it's I think his team is, is pretty solid. He's got DeAndre Hopkins and Amari Cooper. Uh, I think I told you a stat, Tommy, this morning that you weren't too happy with. Amari <laughs> had like what? What I say, 19 touchdowns in 52 games with the Oakland Raiders, and he has 10 already in 12 games with the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fantasy focus. <laughs> yeah, and so I put it up on on Twitter. You know, I, I think I, I I'm gonna have to put it to bed. I don't know. I mean, we still have the rest of the season, but if he if Amari Cooper continues the way that he started the season. Uh, yeah, the fantasy fantasy locus is definitely going to switch to someone else or, or just be put to bed uh, indefinitely, at least talking about Amari Cooper. So definitely making me eat my words. Um, he's he's going off, you know, to starting off a great uh, season this year. And, and Dallas is just rolling right now. So all signs point to, yeah, him definitely shaking that inconsistency bug that he had in Oakland and, and balling out. One more quick shout out and free nugget. Uh, shout out to stand up Colin for what looks like to be a great tight end pickup when um Henry Henry went down for him instead of trading he's he picked up a guy on a waiver wire got Greg Olson and he produced the last two weeks but the free nugget is he's got a questionable tag so just keep an eye on that it's, it would be sad if you had to pick up a third <laughs> tight end yeah because he had his opportunity to trade and he didn't want to go for it so you know yeah good for him. <laughs> <laughs> so how about the All right um next one let's talk about one versus two in our league Two uh, X champions, one multiple champion, uh, Vince Noble Savages versus Matt. Time to eat. Um, I'm gonna go with Vince in this one because I think Vince Vince's team is the truth. I think Lamar Jackson is almost as you know fantasy relevant as Pat Mahomes was for Vince last year. He's got a juicy matchup against Cleveland. I think all Cleveland secondary was hurt in that game, and so I, I don't know who they're getting back, but. That with Travis Kelsey against Detroit and Leonard Fournette, I think Vince is going to eke out. And I think they're both going to perform well, but Vince is going to probably beat him by 15 points. Yeah, and, and getting Chicago in like the seventh round is actually turned out to be a pretty decent pickup for him. It does not look bad right now no, with I how mean, many points they're scoring. Right. We all laugh, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to go uh, Noble Savages also. Um, his, his running back core is phenomenal. You know, Ezekiel Elliott. Mark Ingram, Leonard Fournette. But what I do worry about with Vince's team moving forward is his wide receivers. And, yep. and he has a kind of not even really boomer bust guys, just like guys that you hope kind of go off with Allen Robinson and Christian Kirk. And I think that's going to make a big difference. You know, we, when we have uh, time to eat with Odell Beckham and Julian Edelman, I think his receiver is going to far outperform Vince's receivers. But overall, um, yeah, I think Vince's Noble Savages is going to come out with a victory. I, I mean, if you scroll down to Vince's bench, though, he doesn't have bad depth in receiver as well. He's got Brandon Cooks and, and Moore from uh, Carolina on the bench. So, 
Yeah, and he I, picked I up mean, Dorsett. I, I just think he has yeah. a lot of guys that are kind of. I know what you're saying. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I see it. Like, I think he's having a hard time finding who's actually going to be the real, you know, the better pl- player that week, and, yep. and he's going to match up. So I don't envy him. You know, he, he's got a good team, but he, he's got to play the right guys at the right time. As I'm learning this year too, uh, we talked about it a little bit last year, but two for one trades, it almost seems always seems like. Hey, here's two lesser guys for your, you know, one better guy. And so it's going to be hard for him to, you know, upgrade to a guy that he can trust more. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he's not going to be able to tra- trade more and Christian Kirk and get like a Devonte Adams. It's never going to happen. Right. Well, so, I mean, never say never. Since but you could, but you could, I mean, you could give up a little bit on running back, you know, and pair him with the receiver and, you know, go a different route. But right. I just, I, I've, I think you're right there with me with how many trades we've tried to do. And it seems like the two for one never works in my opinion. Yeah, it's tough, you know, so I guess our free nuggets of, uh, to Vince. Um, yeah. Try to try to figure out a way to upgrade that wide receiver position, at least to get one true wide receiver one somehow. Free nuggets. I guess we'll do my matchup next. Keep the last one, the best one for last. Uh, so it's, I said Watson versus John Jeebus strikes back sixth place versus 10. Um, who do you got, Tommy? I won't pick first since I'm in this one. Yeah, this is actually a, a tough one um, because <clears throat> on paper, I said Watson's team is definitely looking a lot better um, than than Jeebus the Great, and you know Jeebus coming back from from zero and three definitely needs a win this week. So um, hopefully Frank B's right and Aaron Rodgers goes off. But you know if he does, you uh, you have Devontae Adams, so he's probably going to throw those touchdowns to Devontae. Hopefully not MVS like we've seen so far and yeah overall i'm just gonna go with i said watson because the f1 terry mclaurin got him right there in your flag <laughs> that's a great great pickup uh whoever had him and dropped him like i can't believe that person did that you know and then if you want you could you know slot in philip Lindsay there if you change your mind but yeah i think uh, i said watson's gonna get this one yeah i'm gonna pick myself because of matchups i think Todd Gurley, if he's going to have a get-right game against Tampa Bay, would be great. Um, and then I think Kenny Galladay is going to have a, a backup or a bounce-back game for me against Kansas City. Uh, their secondaries, you know, improved but not anywhere you know near shutdown, and you can put up a lot of points on them. And so uh, I'm going to pick myself in this one. Yeah, so let's go to that last one, huh? All right, the last matchup, the 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 first podcast bowl, we got Mexicans versus the, the commish tommy mo his uh his name is now the christian minglers i'm guessing you have christian mccaffrey on your team oh yeah oh yeah all <laughs> right so since i am the only host not competing in this bowl i'm just looking it over one more time in case anyone changed um that's tough it's really tough because cooking mccaffrey cancel each other out basically is what i'm thinking yeah, I think Sony Michelle and Josh Jacobs do too. I think he has the better tight end floor in Darren Waller, but Mark Andrews has a pretty high ceiling as well. And then you guys have both have the lesser Browns of receivers, John Brown and Malcolm Brown in your slot. Ooh, this is a, this is a Marquise across Brown. the board. Marquise Brown, sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it to. I'm gonna give it. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Steve because oh. of Cooper Cup over Tyrell Williams. I know you said he's your start of the, or your daily fantasy start of the week, and I think you might be right, and that will help you. 
I'm just going off of last week's performance in Cooper Cup, and yep. and maybe he has another darling one. That's it's really close, man. Yeah, absolutely. I I I, I totally agree with that assessment. I don't agree with your pick, but I agree with the assessment <laughs> on it. And and I am banking a lot on the Raiders and the Ravens to have really good games. So if that doesn't come through, then definitely Mexicans is going to pull away with this one. But if Tyrell does what I think he's going to do, Josh Jacobs does what I think he's going to do. If Sony Michelle has continued lack of success, especially because they no longer have Devlin, their fullback that's been blocking on the majority of Sony Michelle's touchdowns. Uh, I don't think Sony is going to be the same guy that he was last year just because of scheme and situation. And yeah, Baker Mayfield, I, I'm not too sure. Um, so especially the going this week against Baltimore, uh, I, I think uh, he had Josh Allen and dropped him. And I think, you know, either way, they both had bad matchups. So I'm going to pick myself because I don't think Baker and Sony Michelle are going to have the games that Steve is hoping they'll have. You see, you convinced me. That's how close it is. No, no I'm just kidding. I'll say it, but it was, I, I believe you. Yeah. I, the one thing, I don't know if I want to plant this in your head, but I, since I did pick Steve, I'll give you a possible scenario to think about. I'm sure you already have, but I, that slot position, I know John Ross had a bad game last week, but yes. you know, it, it might be a possibility for a ceiling if, if, you know, yeah, it's, you know, the sucks things uh, Brown's playing in the Sunday morning game and Ross is playing Monday night. Yes. But, uh, I mean, I like I like the possibility of keeping Ross till Monday night football just to make Steve sweat it out a little bit more and the possibility of Monday night football. And he is going to he is starting Pittsburgh's defense, too, which that's actually really ironic. I'll probably will start John Ross because of that, because I don't think Pittsburgh's defense is good. And I don't. Yep. Yeah, they got Mika Fitzpatrick now, but I don't think that secondary is that good. And I know they did get at least one, maybe two interceptions last week. But just overall, I don't think the secondary in pittsburgh is going to be doing well just like the whole team is kind of struggling right now so yeah thanks for that free nugget because i'm probably going to take it even though marquise is um but projected for higher points just remember do opposite of what dominic says so i don't know Uh, anyway i just got this this phone this is just phoned in to me uh yes confirming it steve is picking himself all right good good to know of course he is (laughs) He should. He should. Yeah. So we'll see how, you know, things keep going uh, this season. It's definitely been an interesting one in the Super Friends League. Uh, a lot of trades already, a lot of parity with, you know, no one really running away with it yet, even though we have some really good teams. Uh, and even then, those two top teams have the exact same points for uh, 434 points already. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting how this week plays out. So, you know, keep watching now. Keep looking for it. And, yeah, good luck. I'm sure. I'm sure. All right, guys. So that does it for this week. And, uh, you know, before you log off, whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, go rate and review the show. It only takes 30 seconds, but it means the world to us. And reach out to us through email, anchor messages, our voicemail line, our website, 2on1fantasysports.com, or the pod's Twitter handle, at 2on1ffbpodcast, for all your waiver, trades, and start and sit questions. And as always, you can find each of us on Twitter. I'm at Timo52 underscore. I'm at YeastMode24. And you can find Steve at FBSavant7075. So thanks for stopping by this week. You stay classy in week four. Antonio Brown is a man child. (laughs) Fucking clown. That boy.
that boy good. <laughs>